You know, I could share a little bit about our building. I guess I should do that. Um, we're progressing in a way that is actually supernatural. You really think about it. With the minority of men we have, we have very few men working on this project to hold our costs down. But they're doing an excellent job. Um, we're way ahead of schedule. On our schedule as a contractor, we're way ahead of it. By weeks, we're ahead of it. Not the projected of getting into it by Christmas. That's never going to happen. Because we got late starts and we put more into the foundation of the building than uh, was required of us to do to save a lot of expense for later. This is much better. Oh my goodness, my eyes. I'm going to wear sunglasses. Anybody got any sunglasses? <laughs> it's terrible. Is this all right for you guys? Can you still see me? <laughs> but anyway, we're doing a great job. We have some great men, and God's blessing us beyond understanding. We're setting the, uh, the center structure, which is our foyer right now. It's five stories tall. Each independent structure is independent of itself. All five buildings are built separate of itself to withstand itself. It's designed for the most severest earthquake that can be hit by. It's designed for 160-mile-an-hour winds. This is considered a superstructure, is what it's considered, to withstand what it's being designed for. It's, a, it's an amazing building. We're setting the turbine in this week or maybe next week at the latest. We're setting the turbine in. The turbine is what produces our power and some of our heat and power. If we go over 65 kW, then we have to buy power. But right now, that turbine will produce 65 kW power 24-7 for that building, Amen. which is amazing. Uh, it's going to be one of the most efficient, highly insulated buildings in the state of Alaska for a commercial building. Uh, most commercial buildings are run like an R30 to R32 in the ceiling. We're doing an R52. We're doing an R32 in the walls. The glass we're putting in is equal to an insulated wall. So we're building a building so down the road we're not paying huge monthly bills. We're able to put it into the gospel. That's good stewardship. It costs you a little more up front. But in the long run, it pays for itself in very short distance of time. So economically, it makes common sense. So we saved about a million dollars by putting about $300,000 worth of stuff in the floor up front. So all of our wiring and everything is put underneath the concrete floor. So all we do is, is tie into those conduits. So it's amazing. A second, uh, the two-story office complex and the school complex that structure is just about completely finished. All we have to do is put skin on it. There's a little bit more going on in some of the bracing. Other than that, we're ready to put the skin on it, which is the insulation. The skin is what I call, it's insulation. The foam is within the middle of two pieces of sheet, of steel. So on the inside, it's finished. On the outside, it's finished. The R32 is in the wall. So when I say an R32 and R52, that is the full R52 in the roof. That's not squeezed down every time there's a purlin. What they usually do in these buildings, they put an insulation in there and they screw it down to the purlins and it cuts out the R value down to like an R12. So it's terrible. It's not a good thing. So that's why I chose to do this. Besides that, the wind blows up there. So by the time we got the insulation in to put the metal on it, the insulation would be over in Walmart. So that's the other reason I did it. That was common sense call. <laughs> But really, it's based on economics to save the church money to further God's kingdom. We want to be good stewards. It's not just building a building. It's being a good stewards of God's money to further what we're doing for the kingdom of God so it can be used to, to further the gospel. We're building a building for a purpose, and that purpose is much more than just housing people. That purpose is to equip people to, 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 to present the gospel of Jesus Christ in our community and to change our community in the direction it's lying in. Our community is in trouble, people. And I'm preaching, so I'm going to stop right there. Is there any questions I can ask you, answer for you about the building that you'd like to know about? I'm going to open it up to anyone who'd like to have a question. I think we could be in part of the building by spring. Yes, sir. Where is it? Every time you drive by Walmart or go to Sears, just look up on the hill and thank Jesus for it, okay? That is where. That's a good question. That's a great question. Anyone else? Amen.
I'm not going up there. This old grandpa can handle it. <laughs> if I drop it, is that all right? I'm sorry. I'm the only one who's going out. I hate that light. I'm sorry, Pastor Daniel, if you're watching. <laughs> What's that? What do you do? Well, the cross was, the first cross that we had designed was going to go, the very first cross we were designing was going to go right above the Wasilla sign. And that was 35 feet tall. But I thought it would be better for the city not to put it over the sign, so I put it in front of our glass wall, in front of the, out front of it, standing freely, but that was 70 foot tall. On the top of the cross, there's actually a ceiling light put in there for a reference point for pilots that will shine up into the heaven and be a reference point. We want this church to be a reference for, for souls and people that will talk about, you know, go to King's Chapel, you fly there, you turn there to that reference point, and you're on target for the, for the landing strip. That's reality. You know, I mean, them are good things. Them are, that's a good thing to do. Plus, to see that cross standing there with a the light shining to heaven, I think is an amazing thing. I really do. I really do. That's, I praise God for that. And so it's going to be moved over where we originally wanted to put it. And Pastor wanted to put it there originally, too. So actually, it's a blessing in disguise. So we really lost nothing. We lost nothing. It's going exactly where we wanted. Any other questions? All right, Pastor. I might be good and back up a little bit. It isn't going to matter. If I, can't, if I can get this thing going without Siri talking to me, praise the Lord. <laughs> God, it's time. Where's my grandkids when I need them? There we go. I'm going to read, let's stand up and read this then. I have a lot of scripture. I'm just going to read this one to you right now. It's in Matthew 16, 18 through 19. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Jesus Christ gave us the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever we bind on earth, we bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And also I want to read 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. We walk in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not cardinal but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and brings into captivity every thought to obedience to Christ Jesus. And then I want to read Romans 8.37. The key is where more than conquerors through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And God is saying to us, we're more than conquerors. Amen? And I was going to read to you a second Acts, but I'm not going to read that to you. Um, my computer's not being obedient to me. And this is a scripture that I'm going to read. This is my last one. It's Romans 8, 11. But the spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells within us. And now you may be seated. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your glory. I ask you to touch every person hard in this building, Father, that they leave this building changed that they know you one step closer, Father God, and they understand who you are, and they understand who you are through us, Lord God, that you've given us a calling in our lives, Father, to change the atmosphere we walk in and change who we are, Father, and help us, Father, help us touch our lives, speak to our hearts, speak to our inner ear, Father God. We ask for change, Father. Give us a hunger, Father, such a hunger for your presence, Father. Lord, I am so hungry for your presence. I want more. I'm not satisfied with what I have. I am hungry for more of you because I'm nothing without you, Father. And I give you glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when I was a young man, well, kind of young, about 40 years ago. <laughs> 40 years ago. I guess I was young, wasn't I, honey? Yeah, I was young. I was a evangelical covenant pastor. Um, and I was uh, going to school. Actually, I was taking my training for counseling. I was working for a master's program in Chicago. And I went for some counseling training so I'd be a certified accountant. 
And I went to school, and I took a full years of, of uh, very serious techniques of counseling drug addicts, heroin addicts, and you name it, severe cases. And one day I had some men invite me to a meeting. They were full gospel businessmen. They invited me to a meeting to go to. And it changed my life, people. Beyond understanding. Here's this man going to school, trying to get it all together so I could put this little exegesis together and put these little homiletics together, do everything, become this professional counselor, have it all together. And here I am, going to a meeting with a bunch of full gospel businessmen, people. And another man was there. First, I get in my car. It's six, no, it's 5.30 in the morning. I get in my truck. I'm driving down the road. It says, Lord, they forgot to tell me where to go, and I really don't want to go to this meeting anyway. I'm not so sure I agree with what these guys agree upon. All of a sudden, a 51 Dodge. Now, this is 40 years ago, not 51. There's an old Dodge 51 pickup comes by me, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit says, follow that truck. I'm not following that truck. That's foolishness. Three times the Holy Spirit told me to follow this truck. I followed this truck. We went to the back roads in this town, came to this house. I get out and says, do you have a Bible study here? It's the president of the full gospel chapter. Come right on in, brother. Puts his arms around. He's about six, seven. Great big guy. It's like, whoa, what am I in for? I went into this room. There was a hundred and some men in there worshiping God. Praying in the spirit and worshiping God. You have no idea. This place was reverberating with the power of God. You could not help but sense it. Even a covenant pastor could sense it. I'm serious. I get into this room. Larry Thorson was a Salvation Army pastor. Him and I are standing in the corner like lampposts. They could have put shades on our heads. We were, we were mesmerized. We were both. We were first time we were ever there. Anytime we've ever been in anything like it before. And we're in this meeting, and all of a sudden, they stopped that thing just like somebody took a choir stick and went, whoa. They all stopped. One man spoke. Arvid Pabarub, his name was, and looked at Larry Thorson, who had club feet, deformed hand, and MS. This guy was a disaster. He was. He was beat up by the devil to no end. That's really what it was. He was beat up by Satan. And he said to him, God wants to heal you right now. Do you want to be healed? Well, even a Salvation Army pastor with that kind of a mess living it would want to be healed. Let's get serious, people. That's the only hope he had. That was ordained by God. That man's life was ordained to be there at that time. They started praying for him. One man only prayed in English. The rest of them were praying in the Spirit. And that place was loud. It was amazing to me. I was like, wow, this is amazing. That's all I'm saying in my mind. Not out loud now. I'm judging this place. I'm, I'm the judge. That's reality of life. You understand where I'm coming from. So we're in that meeting, and all of a sudden, they get about halfway through. One of his legs were like six inches shorter than the other one. And all of a sudden, they looked at me in the corner and says, God wants you to watch for your faith. I was set up big time. I came over, and I stood watching that man's body just like this. And I watched that man, and that man said, make that foot that's six inches shorter a foot longer than the other one. Not make it even, to show this man your God that's watching me. That leg went out like now, slammed against that man's foot. Larry screams at the top of his lungs. He jumps straight in the air. His leg went normal, starts running around the room. I looked at, I just raised my hands up, it's you, God, I want it all now, and started talking in tongues instantly. That's how I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. That was the beginning. My little, I hope you don't mind this, honey, but you're going to be included tonight. <laughs> I get home at 7 in the morning. This is Saturday morning. Day off. My wife's still in bed. I jump in the bed. I can't talk talking in tongues. I'm wired, man. I am so on fire for God, I could lay hands on anything and it would have moved. There's no way around it. I jump in the bed. I start praying for my wife's kids. Scroliosis is the spine. They said if she had another child, she'd be paralyzed. I start praying for her. She says, you're pulling my legs. I look down and says, I'm not pulling your legs. <laughs> you know who's pulling her legs? The Holy Ghost. 
the angels of God, whoever, I don't care who. But she was instantly healed. That's the God I serve. I have seen so many miracles since that day because without that power, without that presence being evident in my life, in fact, I quit counseling with the counseling technique and started listening to the Holy Spirit speak to me. It changed everything I thought or how I responded to any. My education went straight down the tubes. But not all of it. Not all of it. I won't say all of it because I, I learned about people. I had an education about people. But it changed my life. It literally changed my life and empowered me in a different way. I'm still a sinner saved by grace. But there's something within me that is so powerful. I have laid hands on blind people. Their eyes have been opened. I've laid hands on deaf people. And through it, they've changed entire churches. There were, I remember one church that was ready to end. I laid hands on this lady that couldn't speak a drop of English. She was blind. Her eyes were open. She's going screaming around the church. I look in the church. The church is going crazy. Pretty soon half the church is slain in the spirit. That's the God we serve. The Holy Ghost. You see, we're so... We're so trained for programs. The Western culture's program. We want to be entertained. I don't want to be entertained. I want to be moved by God's presence and by his Holy Spirit. I'm not interested in entertainment. I'm not interested in programs because our programs are nothing compared to God. You know what a program does? It does a good thing. A program builds relationships. We have our little programs. We put on these little skits. We do all this stuff. It's building relationships amongst this body, really what it does mostly. Compared to God's program with the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of his glory, signs and wonders should follow our life. And when it follows, it has to follow our life. If the church is going to go forward and be what God's called it to be, we have to move in his glory and his power. It cannot happen any other way. That's the reality of life, people. It's not going to be our programs. It's not going to be our committee meetings. It's not going to be our board meetings, our staff meetings. It's going to be none of that. It's going to be the divine presence of God. It's not going to be my speech. It's not going to be my divine preaching or my words. It's going to be his glory going through me, touching your life, changing your life, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, changing this community with his glory. That's the God I serve. He desires if you look at the book of Acts, you will see with the greatest movement of God that the, where the church grew the fastest and the most. We want a church growth program? You better read the book of Acts. The power of God. In fact, at the end, when Ananias and Syrah were wiped out and killed, it says they grew in multitudes. First, it was just thousands. Then it says they couldn't even count them. There were so many. Why? We have that divine power in us for a purpose. We have to get a hold of that divine power. We have to get a hold of it. If we don't get a hold of this power and start moving in it, we will never change this community. Our programs will not change this community because of what will happen is the programs will end and the people will leave. But the divine power of God will not end. It's, it's forever. Our pastor preached on the Holy Ghost and raising children this morning right on the target. We cannot raise children without the Holy Spirit. My wife and I raised our children losing the Holy Ghost, speaking to us what our kids were doing. We knew what they are going to do before they even did it. We would catch them. No, you're not doing that. That's what it's all about. He's right on target, raising your children by God's Spirit, the presence of God speaking through you. What a God we serve. I wouldn't touch this building if I wasn't divinely appointed by God to even do it. There is no way. Why would I want to? Why would I want to? Why would I want to work out there? Wednesday night, the guys worked out there until midnight. You guys were enjoying church. We were enjoying church. We were building it till midnight. Tuesday night, we worked till 1030 at night. That's the night before. There's a lot of hours going in this building. You have no idea. You think we're just working this little eight-hour day? You're dreaming. We have a purpose and every man and I think has a purpose to build this building. And we're excited when we're building that building. There's something within us that's special. I don't even understand it. Even my son said that. People are happy working on this job. There's just something about it. It's the presence of God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's people's prayers going up and changing what we're doing. It affects us on this job site. It's a powerful thing. They pray every morning. We have safety meetings. God protects us. God guides us. He gives us wisdom and knowledge. 
He directs our path. It says he ordains our footsteps if we're walking in his spirit. That's another area. If you want to walk in the Holy Ghost, he will ordain every step you take. And you won't have to take it twice then. We serve an awesome, 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 awesome. I couldn't say it enough. And I never get tired of wanting more. I am the greediest person in this room, hands down. I want more of God constantly. It's the cry of my heart because nothing else matters. I mean, when you get in your 70s, let's face it, people. You're, it's all downhill. Everything's uphill, now it's downhill. You're just cruising, guys. <laughs> you know, somebody asked me, there's a couple older people, elderly people, not older, no, elderly people asked me a question. What's going to, you know, what can we do in this church? And I said this. I said, when I'm done building this church, we're going to have the most dynamic, most powerful, on-fire senior citizen group this country has ever seen. I don't want our senior citizens sitting in these chairs just warming them and pulling out their money so we can keep operating. That's a lie of the enemy. The devil's got us tied down and our mouths tongue-tied. Wrong. We're going to move mountains for the kingdom of God. We're going to go out in those streets and set people free. We're going to heal the sick. We're going to take back this community Satan has robbed from us and stolen from us. He doesn't have any right to do that. We keep giving him rights. Stop giving him rights. How do we give Satan rights? With our mouths. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. You want to destroy your children? Rebellious teens, just start speaking that over them. I will guarantee you, you will have rebellious teens, no questions asked. Why? Because what dwells in us? God's spirit. Whatever you ask for in my name, do not doubt in your heart, it shall be done. I'm going to have a rebellious teenager. Oh, that's really brilliant. You just spoke life into that kid. No, you spoke destruction into your own child. That's how dumb it is. Think about it. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells where? In us. Think about that. Just stop and meditate. Just, people, stop and meditate on that. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Sometimes I can't even grab a hold of that. That is so horrendous. That the spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead dwells in this fleshly vehicle. I'm like, that's impossible. That's what my mind wants to say. But that's not true. He put it there. It's called the Holy Ghost. The same spirit that moves across the face of the earth when God spoke, you know what spirit that was? The same one that dwells in us. Think about that. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us for a purpose. And that purpose is to change the world we live in. So when we speak something, we need to make sure we're speaking life. We're speaking creativity into our community. It's time to take our community back Start speaking life into it. Start commanding the devil to loose the foothold he has in our community. He has no legal rights. Only rights Satan has is what we legally give him. So we're going to end doing that. We're going to take back our community. We're going to set that church up on top of that hill. And we're going to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord of this community. It's more than just a church sitting there. It's a proclamation. This city belongs to the kingdom of God. And we're going to advance forward with authority and power that God has given us. Amen? Hallelujah. What a God we serve. I mean, wow. The Spirit of Christ dwells within you. You're a man of God. You're more than a child of God. You're a man of God. To do mighty things for God. I don't care what your age is. I've seen a nine-year-old girl literally level a, a church. Lay hands on the entire, just level it. You tell me the Spirit of God isn't real in little children. You're dreaming. If they've got the heart to believe. In fact, little children, I used to bring little kids up and surround me when I'm going to show, demonstrate God's power and authority in somebody being healed. I had one little girl that needed a limb. She got a brand new limb. Why? He's God. Does it say, oh, you can only do certain things in Christ Jesus? No, it doesn't say that. It says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I laid hand on a man here just last week. His arm was healed. He says, well, it's at 90% right now. I says, well, you better watch what you confess. It'll never go beyond 
Two years, he's not been able to use it. Today, he's using it. That's one of our members of our church. That's the God we serve. He's a powerful God. The rain's coming to our job site up here. This is who we are in Christ Jesus. I am no different than you. I am a mere man. I put my clothes on the same way you do. I struggle. I have the same problems. I, I work out my marriage daily with my wife. I've raised my children. It's not all easy. Struggles sometimes. We prayed, we prayed, we prayed, we prayed. We did a lot of it, raising our children. That's what you do. We're pouring cement up there. The largest pour, flat pour that was ever done in the history of the state of Alaska. We're doing it. 1,100 feet straight out is a black rain cloud dumping rain straight down. The concrete contractor, Jesse, says to me, we're going to lose this floor. I looked at him and says, no, we're not going to lose this floor. I raised up both hands right in front of him and the other guy. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command this rain cloud to go towards those mountains now in Jesus' name. It instantly took that cloud, I mean like now, over to that mountain and a double rainbow came out and says, I'm God. It says Elijah was a mere man like you or I. He prayed, a mere man like you or I. He did not have what Jesus Christ even gave us. Elijah did not carry the anointing and the Holy Ghost like we do today. We have all power and authority given to us. The same works that Christ did, we are called to do. He's given us that power and authority. So if Elijah's a mere man like you or I, I just look at that thing and say, okay, a long time, many years ago I did this. My farm, people, when I farmed, you have no idea. The hailstones would come around my property and never touch it. The entire section of land, not a stone would touch it. It would make my neighbor's land black. You don't want to think neighbors are talking? I would walk those fields and give God glory. My God was my senior partner. I was not. I was working for God. Even when I went into the bank, I told the banker my senior executive was Jesus Christ. He just stared at me. He says, you go out and get whatever money you need and come back and sign the note. We paid for the farm in one year. That's the God we serve, people. We limit God with our understanding. We limit God by what we see. We're moved by what we see. If you're going to be moved by what I see, I would have seen those rain clouds coming. What I would have done? I went, oh, man, got to get plastic. Run and do this. Run and do that. We would have ran around like a bunch of skimmers, and we would have never, ever been able to save that floor. It was impossible. It's too big. There's no way you could cover it, even protect it. We needed God. There was no other way to turn. So why even bother looking any other direction? In the natural, my natural man... Look at it that way. The first thing I looked at naturally was doing it the natural way. And I said, ain't never going to work. I just raised my hands up right there in front of it, and I just, that's it. We're done. People say, well, who are you? I'm just Wally. I was born and raised on a dairy farm in Minnesota with ten brothers and sisters. I never thought I'd ever preach the gospel or travel the world. I've been able to preach the gospel from Africa, the South Pacifics, to the Arctic Circle. God has allowed me and taken me places I never dreamed I would as a farm boy. So you people that think you can just sit around and God will not use you, you're dreaming. If you have a heart for God and a hunger for God, God will use you. There's no if he will, he will use you. You start stepping out of your comfort zone, laying hands on people. It, what you've got to remember, people, this is what's wrong with the church. There's healings and there's miracles. We have to realize miracles are now. If you look at the book of James, it says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's a time frame. So know that when somebody lays hands on you and you pray for you as an elder in the church, know that your body from that moment on is going to the positive. No questions asked. It will go to the positive. And if you think sickness and disease comes from God, you're dreaming. John 10.10 says this. Jesus came to bring life and abundant life. Satan came to steal, rob, kill, and destroy. So who's bringing the sickness and disease and death? Satan. we got to have the Holy Ghost in our church. we got to have the Holy Ghost in our personal life. We can't do it without it. Amen? We serve an awesome God. You know, 
I actually got struck by lightning once in my life when I was 17 years old. <laughs> that was an experience I'll never forget. <laughs> Ever. I actually, when the lightning hit me, I was working on a farm. We had another farm far away, my dad's farm. It had one giant oak tree. It was six foot in diameter. Only one giant tree, and it started hailing. That was before they had cabs over tractors. So I got off and I leaned against the tree. Lightning came down, struck the tree, split the tree right to my back. At the point of my back, it shot me straight through the air, 50 feet. I never touched the ground. I came down and discharged the power on my body. It ripped all the clothes off my body. I cried out to God instantly, and God heard me. I could feel the power of my life coming back into me. At that point, I had watched everything go through my life, and then all of a sudden it stopped when I cried out. I, I thought I cried out out loud, but I don't know if I did or not. But I cried out to God, help me, God. I want to live now. And just like that, this, this power, this divine power just nailed my life and brought power back into me. That's the God we serve. God's a big God. He appointed that time for a purpose. Satan tried to wipe me out a long time ago. I've had ample opportunity to lead a lot of people to the Lord, literally hundreds. That would have never happened if that Satan would have robbed me of that life. So we have to realize that don't allow Satan to rob you. Don't, allow, don't go by the doctor's report. Whose report do you want to believe? God's report or the doctor's report? If the doctor gives you a report, I've had somebody... Say, the doctor gave me a report, I got cancer, blah, 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 blah. I says, well, who report do you want to believe? God's or the doctor's? Because if you want to believe the doctor's, that's where you're going to go. If you want to believe God's, you'll turn it around and go the other way. People say, how is that possible? Fear is our biggest enemy. It means to a Christian, full of the Holy Ghost, fear means false evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R, fear. False evidence appearing real to us. People say, well, my brother had terminal cancer in the brain. It was wrapped around his stem cells. He was supposed to die in three months. He told that doctor this, no, my God is a healing God. I'm believing him for healing. And three months later, they couldn't, the cancer was gone. All there was was an echo. He was a baby Christian. He'd only been a Christian for two years. That was my brother. Six months later, the echo was gone. That's the God we serve. Nobody even laid hands on him and prayed for him that I know of, but I think there was. There were some of my friends, Dave Wagner, some of those that some of you met for my 50th wedding anniversary. But anyway, wow. <laughs> oh. What do you want from God? Do you want to be used by him? I mean, really, what do you want from God? You have to ask yourself, and what are you willing to pay for? It? What do you want from God, and what are you willing to do for it? Because you've got to sell out. you literally got to sell out to God. There's no gray area. You have to sell out to God. Your life has to be given over to him because you're better off. Let's face it, we screw it all up. God will ordain our footsteps. Jesus said, pray like this daily. He said, lead us away from temptation. Deliver us from evil. Forgive us for the wrong we do. We've just cleaned the slate. Now God can deliver us. God can walk over us. He can ordain our footsteps. Because why? Jesus said to do it daily. Why did he say do it daily? Because that's part of the process of walking in the Holy Ghost to keep us in line with God and not allowing it to be interfered with telephones. Give me a break. If you spent half the time in God's Word, forget God's Word. If you spent half the time just in relationship with God, just fellowshipping with Him, what you do in that stinking telephone, you will be giants for the kingdom of God. You will change lives. Satan is using that thing to tie our brains and tie our time up so we have no time to do anything but look at that stupid box. I'm sorry. We're out of line, people. And we're allowing our children to get more. They can't even communicate with other people. What kind of nonsense is that? That is Satan getting in there, destroying, destroying relationships, destroying our children, 
Give me a break. They don't need all this electronic junk. We're dreaming if we think they do. We need to cut some of it off. In fact, instead of giving them all that, giving them something to lead them into the power of God and the presence of God. I prayed for, I went to a church and preached on the Holy Ghost. Little kids. Eleven of them got baptized in the Holy Ghost right in this community. Some of the parents got upset because they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and this is a Pentecostal church. I'm like, really, people? You don't want your children being filled with the Holy Ghost so it'll protect them and guide them and teach them, convict them, empower them? I'm like, wow. I never believed that was true. But in the Catholic church, I was totally open-armed welcome. Huge Catholic church, beautiful marble floors. I'm in this church preaching the gospel. I'm preaching my heart out. They said I had 20 minutes. 96 kids got saved. 96 out of that youth group in that big Catholic church in this big city. Over 75 of them got baptized in the Holy Ghost filled with power. Three hours later, we're still going. God doesn't have a time frame. When his spirit moves, it's his time frame. That's not going to do it ours. The leader came forward. I call them penguins or none. Came forward. She said, I've been depressed for years. I said, what's the opposite of depression? I said, the joy of the Lord. Yes, can I have the joy of the Lord? It says, raise your hands up. Ask God to fill you with his joy. Bam! She hits the floor, rolls up and down the aisle, laughing out of control. My mind says, I'm going to get kicked out of here. The next leader comes up who is another nun. She says, I've got the same problem. I says, lady, God's not a respecter person. Raise your hands up. Now I've got two of them rolling up down the aisles. That's the God we serve. Some people would say you've got to go in there and you've got to just kind of be gentle and you've got to do this and that. You've got to conform to their ways. That is a lie of the devil. You've got to do what the Holy Ghost tells you to do. He wants them changed and transformed. Amen? I got a letter from those kids second to none thanking me for bringing in the presence of God. They didn't know God was so real. I'd never been, I'd never been asked to come back and speak, though. <laughs> Some of the priests and stuff, it was kind of hard. But anyway, <laughs> we serve a big God. What I'm trying to get you to know that the God that is within us, the presence of God that has been placed within us is so dynamic and real. It is so powerful. It is like power beyond your imagination. You can't even imagine that much power. You've got the power to raise a dead man from the grave. That is what Jesus said we do. The same works I have done, you shall do. And what else? Greater works. Them are just words to us if we don't put it in practice. We read this Bible. Most of us in here know this Bible well. But we got to start more than just having Bible studies. we got to have revivals. We need to take that power and use it for the glory of God. We need to be laying hands on people in Fred Myers, Walmart, wherever we're at. What are they going to do to you if the guy gets healed? What do you think is going to happen in that store? You're going to have revival right now in that store because it's going to be other older people and the younger people are going to want what you have. Silver and gold have I none, but what such have I have, give I thee. It's not after money. They're after the presence of God. What's going to cause revival and change in our community is knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Knowing that we have the power and authority to change the environment around us. That is what revival is going to happen here. Revival's now. We don't need no more than what we have to have revival. We lack absolutely nothing to have the full-blownest revival we've ever had in our life. You lack absolutely nothing to walk in that power. Nothing. You don't need to go to another Bible study. All you need to do is walk in that presence he's already in. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, with his power, you lack nothing to change the world you're in around us. We lack nothing. The only thing we lack is our mindset. We've allowed Satan to dictate to the church far too long. We need to allow us to dictate to the world. We have what the world needs, the only hope it has. The only hope of what Scylla has is right here, what we have within us. It's called the Holy Ghost and the power of God. Amen? Praise God. Wow, you can't even see the clock in this place. These lights are so bright, Pastor. Could you do something about these lights? <laughs> I'm glad. You know those people that, we, that were upset about the lights on our property, Pastor? You know that, don't you? They're still shining. <laughs> 
I thank God for those bright lights because they're allowing us to work long hours and to get the job that we're doing. I praise God for that. It's a blessing. You know, God's a big God. Even though the poles we have holding the lights up are spruce poles from the property. We're very economically minded. We cut down some trees, we planted them in the ground, put the lights on them. You know, why spend $200 for a pole? We have free ones on the property. Amen? <laughs> anyway, so much for that. Amen? So whatever you desire, ask God. In his name, in the name of Jesus, ask and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaking, running over, so the Lord give unto you. Isn't that amazing? Get a hold of this word. Get a hold of the promise of God. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. You can do what? You can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you? That's pretty much everything. I told Pastor Daniel that. One day he came out with his truck, the brakes were shot in it. I says, Pastor, what did it cost you last time? $700. I says, come over here. Sit down. Took my jack, jacked it up, took the wheel off, showed him exactly what I did. Now you're doing the next one. So I made him do the next one. Oh, this is easy. I can do this. You just saved about $600. Then I told him, you can do all things through Christ Jesus and strengthen. You have the mind of Christ. You literally have the mind of Christ. You have God's mind. Grab a hold of that, people. The only thing that limits us is our limited understanding. So God has this mindset. So what do you do? You go in, you get, you get a book on how to change a water pump. Yeah. Or you go on YouTube. You don't have to get a book anymore. The big guy will stand on your TV and tell you how to do it. It's crazy. So he did it. He cost him $69. It would have been $1,000 to change his water pump. That's our pastor. I told him you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you and you have the mind of Christ. He bought it. Because it's true. It's true, people. Building this building is nothing but saying, God, help me, give me the wisdom and knowledge I need to build this building. That's what you need. And then to go in there and dig for it. It ain't going to just pop. There it is. No, you go to work. Steady to show yourself approved before God. So you go to work and you find it and you get it done. We serve a powerful God. I want you to leave this room changed. I want you to leave this room changing the environment we live in. Your home, pastor, pastor has preached a powerful message on family and how to raise a family with the Holy Ghost guidance. I got to get my worker home. He's getting tired over there. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> These guys work hard. I'm going to tell you that, guys. My guys that are working for me work very hard. They're not lazy in any way or form. They keep busy. They're doing an excellent job. I had a contractor come up there, and this is what he said about our project. He says, this handful of men, you've done this building? I says, absolutely. Is that is amazing. That's a big contractor that told me that. He says, I can't believe that. That's God. But that's God ordaining the people that came in this job site. We've got a... We've got three young kid welders. They can't be, what, 22, 23 years old? These guys are some of the best welders I've ever seen in my life. I'm watching those guys weld beads. These, this building's full of welding. And these young men are welding with such perfection, it's unbelievable. They're kids that came to us. It's like, wow, this is amazing, God. One day we're praying for welders, the next day we have three of them. It's like, wow, God. He said he'd provide, ask, and you shall receive. So guess what? We needed welders. He provided for us. That's in your job, in your business, whatever you need. I pray for good customers for my business. I don't want any customers. I don't just pray for customers. I want good customers. It's very important. Be specific in your prayers. If you want a good man to marry, you pray for a man of God that loves Jesus. Yes, you're a man. <laughs> Me, man. <laughs> if you want to find a, a husband's ladies, you do the same thing. You cry out to God that God would give you a man that loves him with all their heart and all their mind. Ask. We've got to change the way we run. We can't just run out and have a date. We need to pray to God and make sure it's God and the Holy Spirit tells us that's the one we want. Amen? 
The important, these are important things. Family, building this church. I want to build this church with power. Not just another church, not just another organization. We don't need that. We need a house of God full of power and glory. We need men and women that shine with the light of Jesus Christ. We become the salt of the earth and the light of it. That's what we need. Amen? Stand up. If you've, if you're struggling in your life with anything, you need to come up here and get prayed for. I'm serious. If there's any hindrance to your life, if you've been being prayed for for healing, it's not ended, you need to get up here and let's just end this thing, get it done with. Enough is enough. Don't let Satan just play games with you. Get her, Lord. <laughs> God's a big God. Amen? But if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost and the power of God, don't leave this building. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to be Lord and your Savior, don't leave this building. I'm serious. Do not leave this building. If you walked out of here and a car hits you, you're going to burn in hell. That's the odds. Make sure your life's right with Jesus Christ. And then if you want to start walking in authority and power, make sure your life's full of God's Spirit. Not a half a cup, a full cup. Get filled up with the Holy Ghost. Get so inebriated you can't walk out of this place today. Don't leave this place without getting so full of God's presence. You know he's changed your life. Amen? Amen. Pastor, I'll let you close. Praise the Lord. Hey, while he's going to come back, he, he wants to pray for every person that wants to be prayed for. Pastor Daniel asked me to do something special tonight on the occasion that Wally's here. Would you be seated for just a moment? Ushers, could you help me out? Pastor Daniel asked if I would receive an offering for our building project. Those of you, maybe God's dropped something in your heart. Maybe you're making an act of faith, planting a seed, whatever it might be. Would you take an envelope right now and would you um, obey the Lord in the realm of giving, maybe planting a seed, whatever it might be. What an amazing thing to have someone overseeing our building project so full of life full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost. I'm so thankful for Wally. I got the privilege to serve in a small way this summer as the summer was ending. I got to go out there and move rocks around and listen to this wonderful stick beep and beep and beep. I think I can still hear it at nighttime. And I got to drive one of those big rock trucks, right? I got to drive that a few times. So great. We get to be participants we, could, we get to serve, we get to pray, and we get to give toward seeing our building come about. It is God's intention to put something that the entire valley can see, see his kingdom made visible there. Ushers, would you come? Minister Ava, do you, do you have teams tonight? Okay, right on. We also have prophetic ministry teams. They're going to be ministering a little bit later if you... Need a word from God. They're going to believe God to speak a word to you. After we receive this offering for our building, Wally's going to come back and he's going to take time to pray for you if you'd like to receive prayer, any of those things that he mentioned. But let's take time to pray for our building right now. Come on, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you, God, for all that's taken place and all that you've done. Miracles that have happened we thank you for all of those that are laboring serving Lord we take time to respond in faith today planting seed moving our building forward Lord we thank you God for the opportunity to give and be participants in your intentions to see that building come about more than just driving by and waving at those up there. Lord, we get to pray and serve and give, be active participants in seeing your great dream come about up on that hilltop. Lord, would you take this gift today? Would you multiply it? Would you use it to see the building move further and further till completion and even beyond? We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. It's the power of your presence that changes us, your glory all around us. And we're undone, you open up the heavens.
Would you stand with me for a moment? This is what we're going to do. We're going to take time. Wally's going to flow in the Holy Ghost. If you want Wally to pray for you, our pastors and ministers, you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Or like he said, maybe there's something you've been struggling with or you've been believing God for a complete healing. We're going to have Wally meet you right over here, and he'll be more than happy to flow in the Holy Ghost and minister life to you. And then we have our prophetic prayer teams. We're going to make it a Holy Ghost encounter night. So if you're part of our prayer, prophetic prayer teams, we're going to squeeze you in over here. Minister Ava, you're in Minister Ava's ministry team. Thank you, Mr. Gill. So we'll have prophetic over here, miracle signs and wonders over here. What kind of church is this? This is awesome. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask Pastor Vince. I lost him. Right here. Here he is. I'm going to ask Pastor Vince in just a moment. He's going to go ahead and formally dismiss us. Maybe you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you need to reaffirm your faith. Maybe you want to start all over and just say, I just want to start all over with you, Lord. Whatever it might be. I'm going to lead us in a moment of prayer. I'm going to invite you to pray with me. Receiving Jesus as your Lord. Committing your life to Him whether it's the first time or another time. You just want to make sure. Would you pray with me right out loud? Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I receive your gift of salvation. I believe in my heart Jesus died in my place and rose from the dead. I say with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord. I commit my life to him. I surrender my life to you tonight, from this night on. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Praise the Lord. You can pray that every day if you want to. 